Welcome back to the Dolphins in Depth broadcast. This edition, the we're going to continue the conversation from last week edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Star of the show, Adam Beasley. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Deferring to star of the show, Adam Beasley, at the end of last week, as I always do. Adam Beasley went off to live life. I just stood here by this broadcast microphone for a week waiting <laughs> to continue this conversation. Adam Beasley, what up? What's going on, my friend? Have you had a good week of quarantine? I, I have slaved over this hot microphone for a week waiting to hear your pearls of wisdom relative to whatever it was that we left off on last week. Well, I, I, it's a long time ago. A lot's happened since then. Uh, we've basically gotten the green light for sports all across the country, which is great news, obviously. It keeps you and I employed, which is huge. Uh, but I think, I'm pretty sure the topic was this. The Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl this year! Uh, well, no wonder I forgot all about it. <laughs> no, uh, the were you saying that, that that's what they were going to do? No, I was saying that yeah, they they have a shot, a real shot to win the AFC East this year. That I'm drinking the Kool Aid, which you wrote about today. I think it was a preemptive scoff at me on the pages of the MiamiHerald.com, just uh, just 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 torching my worldview that I think the Dolphins are improved enough to compete in the AFC East in a diminished AFC East this year. Go ahead and rip me to shreds. Well, Adam, while you are always on my mind, always <laughs> on my mind, and it is always, always something that I uh, consider before I write, um, I, I assure you that I was not thinking of this, partially because I couldn't remember what it was we were talking about, but I was not thinking of this when I wrote it, but I do think this. So... Um, everybody is expecting all the best. And I've seen a lot of headlines, and I think the media is guilty of this. Um, there's a lot of assumptions being made about people that no one has seen yet. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, crowning of people that have not entered the royal room yet. And so um, I'm a little perturbed by it because... My job, personally, I see it as to serve my readers. And though they want good news, generally, because it's good news that sells, not bad news, good news, uh, I'd say to you that let's wait a minute. Let's take a pause until we actually have good news to deliver the good news. I don't believe in the agenda thing of I'm going to join the crowd and just Tell everybody that Tua is a Pro Bowl player when I haven't even seen the guy throw a pass. I'm not going to tell the Dolphins that, or, or you or anyone else that they have a great backfield when they have indeed a backfield of rejects. So I'm just not going to do it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Off the top rope, a backfield of rejects. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that accurate? Uh, Jordan Howard rushed for 1,200 yards as each of his first two seasons. Who's that? I, I mean, re, Who's that? Uh, Jordan Howard. Yes, Jordan yeah. Howard. And, and what number of team is this for him? This is number three. Oh, okay. So I in other words, that's like <laughs> the Dolphins are his third wife? Okay. 
I think it's more of a function. It's more of a function of teams not wanting to pay running backs, um, and the Bears saw they could get some value for him, trading him before they had to pay him. And then the Eagles thought, well, we're not going to pay him because we don't pay running backs. Uh, but I don't oh. think. I, I think. I think reject. So they rejected keeping him. They decided to go in another direction. I mean, hey, reje- man, reject's the- a loaded word. <laughs> It's not a loaded word. They rejected to keep. They rejected the option of keeping him, just like the San Francisco 49ers said. Hey, you know what? We'd rather have these draft picks than Matt Breida. It's just that's it. You know. You, okay, so you know who else was a reject? Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Joe Montana. Plenty of Hall Wrong. of Fame. Plenty Wrong. of Hall Hall of Fame players didn't finish their careers where they started them. You know what? Uh, Tom Brady chose to leave the New England Patriots. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I think he, I think he chose to really? leave there. Be, I think he chose to leave there because they made him such a lowball offer. They, uh, they. You don't they, know they, that. That's not been in. That's not been reported at all. They, they, they did not offer him as much as the Buccaneers. I've heard. They haven't. Uh, what? Look, it was one person in that whole Brady thing that demanded that he be a free agent and it wasn't the patriots because they kept lowballing him because they get they kept asking him to take well below market deals i can't believe we're on this tan- tangent it's great by the way <laughs> well, i mean you're, i mean you're you're putting there, facts into evidence that have not ever been put why don't you write that story uh it has it's been written out of national reporters that the 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 the, the patriots Messed around with with Brady for five years, and he no, got no, fed up no, with no. it. You said that the Patriots lowballed Tom Brady this offseason. They they, they, really? they asked they asked him to take an extension for next to nothing, and he wasn't going to do it. Lowball Tom Brady, <laughs> twenty twenty. Let's see. Uh, yeah, no, no. Uh. Dude, you gotta write that story. You're gonna be you're gonna be famous because no one else has written it. Uh, it has been written, and I've read it multiple I'm, places. Including I'm the looking National- for it. That, not the Send word. Send me a link. Lowball low is also a loaded word. I will after this, oh! pod- after this podcast. I will send you the exact phrase of where Tom Brady got screwed around by the Patriots, and we're all and 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 the Patriots mafia media who who takes every word that Robert Kraft says at face value, including he was just getting a massage in South Florida, all right, takes every word at, at, at face value. And I'm not saying the Boston Globe is guilty of this, but there are plenty of media members up there that are. Uh, they, 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 they ate the line, hook, line, and sinker, that, uh, that it was Brady who wanted to force his way out. And it's entirely true that it might not have been fun for him and Belichick to coexist, but Belichick tried to kneecap him four years ago, five years ago with Garoppolo. So... There has been a long history of the Patriots doing Tom Brady dirty. There has. tried to kneecap him by trading Garoppolo? No, no, he didn't want to trade. He was forced to trade him. He was forced. Kraft forced uh, uh, Belichick to uh, to trade Garoppolo to San Francisco because Brady pitched a fit. Sports Illustrated, March 10th. Why the Patriots aren't to blame for the lack of negotiations with Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, bro, I think you have a national story on your hands, <laughs> according to your sources. Let's get back to the let's get back to the Miami Dolphins, Sally. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
we were talking about why the Dolphins are going to be awesome this year, and you're wrong. I think that's the conversation we were having. And I'm wrong? What am <laughs> yeah, I wrong about? Because you think they're going to go 6-10, and 10, right? Yeah. Uh, again, the media doing the media things. <laughs> I never said that the Dolphins are going to be terrible, but I never said that they're going to be good. I'm going to watch and wait. I agree. And I actually, totally you know, kind of like report what I see in front of my eyes. I'm sorry if that upsets people. Actually, I, I'm not sorry. That's my job. I think they have the talent to go 9-7, 8-8, somewhere in that neighborhood, which might be enough to win the AFC East and a diminished AFC East. Because the Patriots, despite what Las Vegas is saying, are not nearly as good as they were a year ago. True or false? Um, I guess true, but... Uh, when you said no, when you said that, I was thinking that would be the worst case scenario. And what, 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 what's that? A nine and seven, eight and eight Miami Dolphins winning the AFC East is terrible. And let me Ow. tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because a, an eight and eight, nine and seven Miami Dolphins goes to the playoffs and gets sent home the first day of the playoffs, the first round, and that's that. And now comes April of 2021, and it surely will come. And suddenly that draft pick, one of two in the first round, instead of being number 10, number 11, is number 14, number 18. And what good did that do? They have the youngest roster in the National Football League. If you get to the playoffs with the youngest roster in the National Football League, it does what Brian Flores says he wants to do. It builds winning habits, and it teaches them what it's like to be there. So the next time they're there, they don't get boat raced. Uh, because I, I they got boat raced the last time? <laughs> right, but you have, to, you have to agree that the way that team was structured and the way this team is structured is completely different. They had That, that team was so top-heavy, and it was so overpaid on the top end of that roster that they, it, it, was, it was fool's gold what they did. If with the youngest roster and one of the cheapest payrolls still in football, even after spending tens and tens of millions of dollars in the offseason, they're able to get to eight and eight, nine and seven and make a playoff appearance. I don't know how that's a bad thing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if that happens, then all goody for them. And if it doesn't, you're going to look bad. You're going to look bad. That's all I'm saying. Me or the Dolphins? No, you. You're the one that just predicted it. <laughs> Didn't you just predict the Dolphins are going nine and seven? That's oh, man. The media. Look at the media again. <laughs> I said in a best case scenario, they go nine and seven, eight and eight, and could make the playoffs because it's a diminished AFC East. And that was what I was trying to get to last week, and that's what we've been waiting on with bated breath over the last six days since we've last had this podcast because uh, I've been waiting to drop that knowledge on you. By the way, the Buffalo Bills, what was their record last year? It was a 10-6. and six. Yeah, and so in a, in a stronger AFC East, they were 10-6. and six. In a diminished AFC East, they're going to go less than 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7? and seven? Yes, because Josh, After- Allen's a fra- Josh Allen's a fraud, that's why. Oh, wow! Oh, wow! You see, now that, that is not right. That is just not right. <laughs> so you have heard... You're all up in arms about me saying that guys that got rejected off of teams got rejected off of teams. Prove to me fraud. 
The guy went to the playoffs last year. Oh, my God. Is the playoffs the barometer? Blake Bortles went to the of AFC Championship game. Blake Bortles went to the AFC Championship game. He's the, he was the biggest fraud in professional football. There, fluky, fluky things can happen. The Dolphins in 2016 can go 10-6 and six despite not being that good. Fluky things can happen. And they overachieved last year. And I think Josh Allen's going to regress to the mean. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, again, I'm going to watch. And I'm going to wait for it to happen. I'm not Karnak. <laughs> As Nick Saban used to say. Uh, what am I, Karnak? Nick Saban used to say, what am I, Karnak? I don't know. I can't tell the future. Karnak for the uninitiated was a 1970s, 1980s character by Johnny Carson, who was like three uh, late night talk shows ago. <laughs> back when talk when, 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 when late night talk shows back when back when uh, late night talk shows were good. I don't watch that anymore. I don't watch it either, to be honest with you. Um, all right. So today, uh, something happened between a couple of wide receivers. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So, Beasley, uh, this broadcast is not the only one that includes debate among friends. Um, I do believe, however, that the debate, the debate that we have seen uh, on the Internet in the last uh, 16 hours or so is not necessarily among friends. Tell the folks oh. about that. Yeah, we, uh, we were talking about frauds. Uh, it seems like Michael Thomas thinks Devontae Parker is one of them because, oh, my goodness, do those guys go out last night on uh, Instagram.com. And it started very innocuously, Armando. It was not a big deal. And, 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 and to be frank, Devontae was right. Here's, here's what, what happened. Uh, Fox Sports had a poll on their Twitter account saying, which is tougher? A, make a catch while guarded by Stefan Gilmore, or B, break up a pass while guarding Michael Thomas. And Devontae Parker said A in the comments of NFL and Fox's Instagram account. And oh my goodness, Michael Thomas went nuclear on him. Absolutely nuclear. Uh, they, they went back and forth and at first Michael Thomas saw his response saying for you. Yes, go run some numbers up. Then you can talk. I lapped you and you've been in the league longer than me. First rounder. Devonte Parker saw this and responded, got some hard feelings there, brother. Let me get targeted. <laughs> let me get targeted 300 times a game. Mike Thomas didn't let this slight go by saying, in other words, you weak. They don't even put your name in the same sentence as me. Remember that. Continuing on, this is still Michael Thomas. You're still not going to do nothing. 
It took you six years and 17 weeks to have a good game. GTFOH, blame your parents, not no QB. Uh, Devontae responds, quit, quit crying, brah. Michael Thomas responds, you heard what I said. Devontae says, I didn't hear. Bleep, playboy. playboy. And, and Michael Thomas responds, you can't even get a seat at the table. Armando, your thoughts. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, look, I, there are points in there that both make, which means that this is a wonderful little internet fight because both of them got – punches landed both of them both of them come away bloodied <laughs> in this whole thing i think um now having said that you know uh, if i'm picking one of those two guys to have on my team uh, uh i think i might go with michael thomas to be honest with you <laughs> i think i might go with the guy that went to the pro bowl the last three years yeah, uh, here's here's what the debate probably should be. Would you rather have a an inconsistent but very high ceiling home run hitter in Devontae Parker, or would you rather have a faster Jar- Jarvis Landry? Because you look at their stats, you look at their production, and that's pretty much what the debate comes down to. Devontae, obviously, we as anyone who knows as well, his struggles early in his career, inconsistency, injuries, can't get on the field. His head coach didn't even love him at times. Uh, It wasn't great. But Michael Thomas has put up some astronomical numbers. Yes, that's true. But he's also been a volume receiver. All right, I I, I pulled this stats knowing that we'd be talking about this. Michael Thomas in four years, his numbers are ridiculous. Uh, He's got, in, in, in four years as an NFL pro, 5,512 yards, so that's like 1,500 yards a season. On 470 catches, that's almost 120 catches per season, uh, 32 touchdowns. He's got, he catches 78% of his passes. He has 11.7 yards per catch and uh, 7.5 catches per game. Those are ridiculous numbers. Devontae doesn't match up, of course. In five years, he just has 235. He is exactly half as fewer uh, half as many catches as Michael Thomas did in one more year uh, in his career. Uh, 235 catches, 3,419 yards. He's only caught 57.6% of his passes. But here's where he really shines. 14.5 yards per catch. He's averaging three, nearly three more yards per catch than Michael Thomas. He's had 14 fewer touchdowns and about half as many catches per game. Um the targets are really what's crazy. Uh, last year, Michael Thomas had 185 targets. Devontae had just 128. So like 50% more targets for Michael Thomas. Of course, his numbers are going to be higher. Um, you know, the, the yards before the catch, I think, are really telling. Because we, I talked about the Jarvis Landry comp. Um, Landry was a glorified running back when he was here. Uh, he would have almost all of his catches were under were thrown beyond behind the sticks. He would have to make something happen to make a play. And and here's what's crazy. Michael Thomas's average yards before catch, that's basically how far the ball has gone in the air uh, in 2019, was 7.7. Devontae's was 13. So they're throwing the ball twice as far to Devontae as Michael Thomas. They're not asking Devontae. The Dolphins aren't asking Devontae to be a possession receiver. Basically, every time they throw the ball to him, it's a chunk play. So my question to you, Armand, is what's more valuable? 
a guy who is very efficient at accumulating stats but isn't really a home run hitter, or a guy two, three times a game you have to worry about torching you for a touchdown? Well, uh, I think that the way you set it up is kind of skewed because to say that Michael Thomas is not a touchdown threat is wrong. He scored a ton of touchdowns. But here's my thinking. Uh, the NFL values uh, being on offense. That's what mm-hmm. it values. And Michael Thomas is a first down machine. That's what he is. And if you're gaining first downs, and if you're doing it at a rate of, I think, like 70 80%, which is his catch rate. Uh, in fact, last, last year it was 80.5. The year before it was 85%. 85% of the time that you're throwing to this guy, 83% of the time in the last two years, he's going to catch you the ball, and he's going to average 11 yards a catch. That's a first down. That's like an awesome running game. That is mm-hmm. a great way to keep the football, and that is what most teams want to do. Whereas, yes, uh, Devontae Parker is a much deeper threat a much greater home run hitter. But you know what? Home run hitters strike out a lot. And that's what he does. You're only half as likely. You're only, excuse me, you're half as likely to get a catch as an incompletion with Devontae. And so therefore, to me, I think teams value, you know, moving the chains, keeping the ball, having another opportunity at another opportunity. And when you talk about touchdowns, you know, Michael Thomas has scored 32 now in the last four years. That's not... He's, okay, he's, he's also he's also had Drew Brees throwing the football. Uh, that's mean, not his fault. He, he's, been, he's, been in a, he's been in an offense that scores a tremendous amount of points because it has because one of the best offenses. Because he scores offensive. a lot of points. Yes, uh, I would say he's, he, he's a very good player. I would say you switch their roles, he would not be putting up the numbers in Miami that he's putting up in New Orleans. Fair? I don't know that because, again, he is a short yardage uh, churn the sticks guy. And so that's the easiest pass to complete. Well, Jarvis Landry, although I wouldn't say Jarvis is on Michael Thomas's level. Michael Thomas is probably a top five receiver. Jarvis isn't that. But Jarvis Jarvis Landry was in this offense, was was, was with this group of skill position players that Devontae was for most of his career. And he had a season where he had 112 catches and under 1,000 yards. So uh, I, I do think that there are ways that the quarterback and the offensive scheme make a huge difference. And, I'm not, and again, this isn't to say Michael Thomas isn't a phenomenal player. He is. I would, I would give you this one bit of uh, one data point, uh, Armando. And, and we got to wrap this up in a minute because uh, my wife's giving me the stink eye. <laughs> There's, it's not there, 10 there, o'clock there yet, man. Tell inter- her to calm down. There, there is one interesting data point. Okay, uh, Michael Thomas last year, 9.3 yards per target. And I think that's a pretty good stat to tell you how efficient you are. How many yards you gain every time? Correct. So to say that there's this huge gulf between these guys, I think is unfair. I would say that I would say this. They are different players, much different players with much different skill sets. Devontae, if he had shown nearly the consistency staying on the field, taking his craft seriously early in his career that Michael Thomas did, uh, we would be having a much different conversation about Devontae's career arc. Can he follow up a great 2019 right. with, an even, with an even better 2020? I don't know, but that's his challenge. Well, here's the question. 
is Devontae a one-year wonder, or is this who gonna who he's going to be henceforth? I don't know. I don't know. Oh man, I thought you had the answer. <laughs> <laughs> haven't I fired off? Haven't I fired off enough hot takes today? Lowball, fraud. I thought you had the answer. So who are you uh, picking? One or the other? Before we go. Uh, who's throwing Michael Thomas the ball in 2020? Uh, well, it's going to be Drew Brees. Who, who, who's throwing Demonte Parker the ball in 2020? Or Taysom Hill. Uh, or or, or uh, Teddy Bridgewater. People forget that. No, no Freddie, Teddy Bridgewater's in Carolina now. Well, no, he threw him the ball last year is what I'm saying. That is true. That is true. Um, yes. What do you I want would, on your would, team, would, Beasley? Uh, if I have Jarvis Landry on my team, I'd ask for Devontae Parker. If I had Devontae Parker, you know, that's the thing is that they, the two of them together would be incredible. The two of them, are, because they have such complementary skill sets, it would be a phenomenal offense. And Devontae would probably only be targeted about four times a game, which he was complaining about. Uh, but it would be a really, it would be a really fun offense to watch. I, of course, I would take Michael Thomas. He is the more accomplished wide receiver. But don't be sleeping on Devontae, baby. Okay. All right. Uh, Beasley's got to go. We got to go. We appreciate you joining us here this week on the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Beasley, you got to go. Goodbye. Goodbye.